Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're crossing our fingers and I'm knocking on my desk. Sorry for the knock. <laughs> there are no technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so far, so good. It's been a few minutes. Um, so we are going to talk about Ted Lasso Season 2, Episode 2, which I I had the title and I just forgot it. It's a flower? Lavender. Some, lavender, yes, that's what it is. Not a flower, it's a smell. Yes. Um, so close. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I know musical theater. I don't know stuff like that. So, you know. <laughs> It's okay. It, I think isn't it technically like an herb or something? I don't Maybe. Know. You can you can grow it like in a pot and it smells lovely. So I mean I mean when I was a kid I thought it was just something that like was made up. <laughs> like not a real thing. Like just one of those like things that laundry detergent smells like. <laughs> it is one of those things laundry detergent smells like. However, it is also a real plant. <laughs> All right, so there is a lot to talk about in this not long episode. Like, I've watched it three times, and I was like, there is so much that happens in this episode. Um, But I want to start. But I will will be careful. (laughs) So, so yeah, I should say we're going to spoil this episode, of course. We might allude to some things in future episodes of the season, um probably not much in season three we'll definitely get into like some future spoilery stuff towards the end so you can tune us out then if you're not watching ahead um in which case you're even way more behind um (laughs) uh so uh as we do start with a question had a hard time coming up with this one but after the third time i watched the episode i was like this might work what celebrity death affected you the most Oh, oh, that is, oh, that is good. Because Jamie gave up his football career because he <laughs> heard that one of the Beatles died 30 years ago. Um, yes. So <laughs> that seems a little bit extreme. I'm not going to lie. What, oh, what celebrity death affected me the most? I get, I mean, the one that just jumps out to me the most it was Heath Ledger to be honest that that one that one I think got to me um because he was so like iconic he was super duper famous especially like you know for women <laughs> and uh he he was so young and so it just it completely took me by surprise I was I was shocked and especially just coming off of like uh the dark night so that one I'll say that one Unmute. Hey. Am I there? Yes. What happened? Oh, I it, I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> muted, and then I kept clicking the button, and it would not unmute. <laughs> and now awesome. it still says it's muted, but it's not muted. So. It doesn't say it's muted on my side anymore. That's fucking weird, man. Ugh. <laughs> okay, so. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to mute my mic. I apologize to anybody that hears me drink from my cup. I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'm sitting a little closer to the mic than I usually do. So I apologize. (laughs) You might hear ice clinking in a glass. So, um, anyway, 
Uh, I'll cut all of that silence out. Uh, yeah, Heath Ledger. He had had like a whole career up to that point already. And he was 30? I think he was 28. 28. Like. I, maybe I should look. But I'm, he was very young. And it was very shocking. <laughs> I remember thinking it was a hoax. Like, just totally, like, no, he's, he's a kid. I, why, I was watching it on the news. I remember, this is sad. I, I guess this, I guess this is how I know it affected me the most, because I remember exactly where I was. Like, I would, I exactly like what bar I was in. Like, I can see the scene and I can see it happening before me. Like, it was, it was on the news. And I was like, that can't be right. And then I watched the entire thing. Thankfully, at a bar, <laughs> so I had alcohol to n- numb the uh, numb the shock, I guess. But yeah, it was it was very shocking. Uh, yeah, you're right. He was 28. Uh, he was he was born in April of 79. I was born in March of 79, so I oh, was wild. the same age as him when he passed away. That's yeah. I mean, so insane that. And, yeah. Yeah. And it it was I mean and it was it was tragic because he had had so many like hits like up until that point and then of course he he was trying to break out into something a little bit different <laughs> with the dark knight and uh it, it took it took it took him down took him down. Yeah. So yeah. Um I think for me I remember Kurt Cobain Like that. I was too young. And that was really, really rough. But I wasn't a huge Nirvana fan. Mm. Just the idea that this guy had seemingly like everything going for him. Mm. And not like he would party too hard and died. Like a quote rock star death. That he just locked himself. The story. I won't get into conspiracies. That he (laughs) locked himself in in (laughs) a room and committed suicide. Um, I have my brother uh, Ryan was huge Nirvana fan. Read every book that he could get his hands on. Knew eighteen thousand conspiracies, and like he he could just talk about it forever. And I mean, it was interesting to him. Um, like I I don't get heavy into it but like i remember that being like wow that's messed up um but probably the one that like hit me the hardest maybe it's just because it's kind of recent tom petty floored me man yeah i would like i'm not the biggest tom petty fan but i do really really like him and it's one of those things like i'll get to see tom petty play someday and Mm. I'll never get to see Tom Petty play. So I, I remember that just like I would like still on like the, somebody will post on the anniversary of his death or something. And every time I'm just like, God, that bums me out so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't When did wait, when did he die? Um, It was, was around it? the same time Prince died because I remember being really okay. bummed out about that, too. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because I was like, I feel like this was a little little bit ago, but I just, yeah. You know, well, yeah, recent as, as in, like, in the last 10 years. Okay, <laughs> so, all right. That's fair. I'm old. 10 years is recent. I still think 10 years ago was 1995. So. <laughs> 
Um, fair. I still think 10 years ago was more like 2005, but here we are, <laughs> which was not 10 years ago for me. <laughs> either. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I can't think of a an actor maybe that really like floored me. I mean, you said celebrity. You you said yeah. the music theme. I, I yeah. went off the book. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not off book. I did say celebrity. I was trying to think of an actor that was just like, Heath Ledger's a good one, though. So, mm-hmm. like, because that was really, really freaking shocking. You know, not, not, <laughs> there, there are several people that have died that I'm just like, well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> um, not to, <laughs> not to sound crass, but like when Amy Winehouse died, I was just like, did, like nobody saw this coming (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that's it's really sad but like you know (laughs) i know but not as like surprising i will say i think in recent years uh, it didn't shock me quite as much as like keith ledger but the um the amount of people on the original glee cast that yeah have died (laughs) in very very tragic and different ways which is yeah. wild but I, I will say i'll probably say cory monteith was like a close second to heath ledger um but like then after then when you know a few other a lot of stuff started coming out about that entire cast it was just it was wild yeah uh, did you do like musical theater stuff in school no I just okay. really enjoy musicals. Uh, <laughs> me too. Like, I kind of regret never doing it, but oh, I, I also know all the stories of the people that did do that stuff. And I'm just like, that y'all were insane. Like, just absolutely insane kids doing yeah. things that children should not be doing under almost no supervision. Like, just like... Yeah. It, it very much like in Glee, where I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I will say the the those were also uh, a bit a bit wild for me. But yeah, no, I never I never did theater or drama or, or music or anything like that. I don't have an ounce of talent, and I have terrible <laughs> stage fright. And I like I can't I can barely get in front of a room of I've like seen ten you do people it. I work with. <laughs> that is different. <laughs> That is different, Logan. You I know sat that. next to you and you did it. And there was like 30 or 40 people in that room. But I, well, maybe it was the subject matter. I had a microphone, so I felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, I was nervous as hell when we did that. And <laughs> I was like, I am going to pass out on the stage. I was sweating so much. It was, it was also the second, second or third time I had done it in that room and that year that was like one of like six panels that I did. yeah you were busy that year yeah yeah, yeah. I, vol- I volunteered last year so it was busy in a very different way um, yeah. I spoke to a room of two people on a panel that was fun <laughs> <laughs> it was like, more my do y'all want to do this or do you want to like we could like we could go get a pizza or something <laughs> right do you want to just go get a drink like <laughs> um so, uh, so the episode Lavender uh, opens with uh, Jamie being booted out of the Love <laughs> House or whatever bullshit reality show he was signed up for, um, and uh, they ask him why he he uh, left. Ch- is it Chelsea? He left. No, no he's with Man, Man City. Man City. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Chelsea is Roy's old team. 
Yes. Uh, I, I keep getting them confused. Um, <laughs> Chelsea will come up later. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, why he left Man City. And he says it's because he heard that George Harrison died. And he thought, you know, like, I can't take my life for granted. I have to go out and live it now. And they <laughs> wisely point out that George Harrison died like 30 years ago. It's like, yeah, but I just heard about it. Yeah, but I just heard about it. I mean, the look on his face, like, he's so, I don't know how the actor does that. He is just so deadpan, serious. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, but I just found out about it. I'm like, how do you do this with a straight face? It's amazing. And is it weird that this is, okay, so the other one's in season one, but this is definitely the second joke on this show about the death of the Beatles. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just assuming because it's like a, a British band. I don't yeah, know. And, and the most famous and like, yeah. it's just, it's like an such an odd one to like, you know, call back to, but it, it's he plays it off so well. Um, especially when you, what, when you find out what you find out later, um, which, uh, we'll get to, uh, so he leaves the studio. It opens, I was trying to think back. I didn't really have time to go back and watch all the cold opens. Is this the first one that is not like a, like a joke punchy kind of thing opening? It, it's not even, it's not remotely happy. It's that, like, downplayed music, like, slow piano. Oh, yeah. I I think so. I think it's the... I don't think they had... Maybe... Is it possible they had one other one like that? Yeah. I, I was going to go back and look. I just... I ran out of time. I was like, oh, it'd be easy. It's watching one minute of every one of them. But I just ran out of time. But it, it just... it It's such a melancholy note to jump into the that poppy theme like right off the the bump so uh i i don't know how to word this in my notes this is the way i worded it but i don't think this is the right way is this the first time that we've ever i said liked jamie but i guess we should say like felt for him i mean you kind of feel for him at the end of season one that like brief thing with his dad that you see. Yeah. I honestly, I am having a really hard time <laughs> remembering at what point I really started loving Jamie. It may have been this episode. I feel like this is like the pivotal Jamie episode and he has become one of my favorite characters, um, you know, like moving throughout the rest of the seasons so I I, I want to say this is like the turning point where we kind of get to see him, like the more vulnerable side of him, where he's attempting to start doing the right thing, maybe. I don't yeah, I mean, because we've seen bits and pieces of that. We saw bits in season one, but like he was always very quickly bouncing back to like Jamie Tart, you know? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he did that very I don't think he did that very much in this episode at all. Nope. And I think I think we'll see him do it more over the season and yeah, like we get bits and pieces of it, but it he does he does definitely start to evolve. So I think I definitely think this is this is 
the I would call this Jamie's turning point for sure. Yeah, uh, I I completely agree. Um, I I don't remember my headspace when I first watched it, but like even with that dad thing at the end of season one, I was still not like, oh, like Jamie's gonna come around, um, you know, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll grow to love I, Roy right off the bat. Like, yes, you're. <laughs> <laughs> putting your money down on like you're going to love this guy yeah. uh jamie is just like i don't know if i'm ever going to like this guy and like the when he walks out of that studio and he's like uh like even though he looks so sad he he's signing everybody's things he's taking pictures yeah. like, and and he's doing what you want like an athlete you love to do but meanwhile, we know that, like, he just got voted off a show that, for whatever reason, he was on. He doesn't have a... Because they cut to that video clip, right, of his old coach saying, oh, yeah, no, oh, he's yeah. never playing here again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because they, like, yeah, it was like they wanted his reaction or, or whatever. I was like, wow, that was a heck of a way to end that. And, so, yeah, I, I, like, got really empathetic for him. And, like, every time I watch that scene, it just really makes me feel for him. Of course, it helps that I know everything else going forward. But, like, it, I don't know. It's just such a good little moment for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to, like, Nate giving Will <laughs> absolute shit about washing the towels with lavender. Yeah. And, what does he say? We want killer athletes, not calm athletes. Yeah, and Beard is just kind of looking at him. And eventually I think Nate says, like, did you sleep here? And he's like, perchance to dream here? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. One hundred percent the funniest fucking thing in the episode to me. <laughs> I I watched this episode three times in one week and I laughed every time he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah well my uh, all of my favorite quotes are are, are Roy quotes <laughs> which which are all oddly quite similar <laughs> um, but anyway I'll shout one out when we when we get closer to it uh, and we go from there to so I still don't know exactly what to make of the Ted thing when he's just like what time is it and he's like I gotta go and he runs out like we know now he's running out to like ride the the lawnmower but yes but it's still so weird do you think he's trying to like sneak up and like catch Roy or is he really just out there riding the lawnmower I think it's a little bit of all of several things I feel like this is Ted's perfect storm He's gone out in enough time to catch a ride on the lawnmower to almost catch Roy. And what I think was his real purpose was to ambush Dr. Sharon. Yeah, that's you're you're probably right about that. Probably right about that. Because that took me a minute, too. And you see it when you see him do all of the things. And I was like, oh, he was trying to get to Roy. And then uh, then Dr. Sharon comes. I was like, oh, I bet that's it. That's that's what I think his purpose was. He's stalked her enough to figure out. Um, what time she arrives at work and he's going to attempt to ingratiate himself to her. I'm going to talk a lot about Ted and his issues this season. (laughs) Um, I can't wait. Uh, I relate relate to a lot of people on this show, but like Ted and Nate probably the most. (laughs) Um, 
So, uh, yeah, um, Ted kind of tries to greet Roy. Roy quickly, <laughs> like, exits stage left, like, so fast in a parking lot that's so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> like, right. If the doc had gotten there any later, he probably would have hit her. <laughs> right. I know. It's like, oh, my gosh, Roy, please do not kill anyone <laughs> in your attempt to get away from Ted. <sighs> And we find out that Higgins has hired Dr. Sharon on for the entire season. Without consulting Ted. Yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious, like, I understand Ted's mad. And I also kind of agree with Ted. But, like, yes, he is director of football operations. But, I mean, where do you land on that? Should you consult a coach before you just, like, I'm bringing in a therapist full-time this season? You know, I I don't know. I feel like they've played this aspect and dynamic up because it's a meaningful plot point for the series. Um, but I feel like that is something, like, a benefit that you would offer your professional athletes. I mean, you know, most insurance things offer, you know, like access to mental health professionals. And so I feel like it's kind of like the same thing. They, through the club, they have access to trainers, they have access to probably nutrition coaches, all these things. I feel like this should just be like another facet of that. And I do kind of think it would fall into Higgins's territory. Like if it's in the budget and it's helpful for the players as like an additional resource, it's not like it's mandatory. It's not required. It's not going to mess up their game in any way. I don't, you know, I don't think. So that's kind of like where I land with it. I think that the show played it up because it's a meaningful plot point and plot development for uh, for Ted. But. Yeah, um, I mean, I've never played I've never played sports at all. I definitely never played professionally, but like it would I'm with you. It would seem like a thing. Maybe not that you have one on hand like at the training facility, but not something that you would discourage any right. athlete from ever seeking like hey, i need somebody to talk about some things with like yes man like i can recommend this person who works with us or with our staff or with our um uh health coaches or whatever like yes yeah. go talk to them so yeah ted's reaction is straight i mean we know straight up just coming from his mistrust of therapist altogether which right i mean isn't completely unfounded because of nope. like he went to a therapist and his wife, him and his wife are still getting divorced. And that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> that is all we will say about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so cut back to Jamie talking to who I, I'm guessing is his agent. I know there's, there's agent, there's manager, there's whatever uh, when you're an actor, but I'm pretty sure it's just his agent. Cause there's like sports people all in the background of that shot. Yeah, he's um, a sports agent. Yeah. Who says you you know you're like a son to me, but now you're like a dead son. So in a way, I kind of love you more. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> so That's harsh, man. Awful. <laughs> like, I mean, this is this whole episode for Jamie is just like it like it, shutting down his ego. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. You do do feel for the guy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's why I say this is Jamie's turning point episode. 
it, you know, it, a little bit for the character, but uh, I think mainly for the audience. We, I mean, I, I really started to feel for him. I was like, maybe Jamie's not so bad. <laughs> and then, you know, he is always in the end of the day, Jamie, sometimes. So. <laughs> and then he, he pawns him off on another agent right. who, who comes in. I wish I had written down what she said, but it's something like, how do you feel about taking ecstasy and barcelona or something for three weeks straight or something like ridiculous like that yeah and he just like the look on his face he is just like help <laughs> like, you gotta help me nobody wants you um and then we go back to ted and this is we kind of talked about this last week uh, about how dr sharon just does not fall for ted's bullshit Nope. Um, and I shouldn't say bullshit. That makes it sound like he does his. She calls it his uh, not a coping mechanism, but like that. This is how he he gets through his life is being this like super positive, like ready to like engage everybody in whatever conversation topic, you know, can come up, especially new people wants to know what's uh, their favorite book, which his is The Fountainhead. Which I agree with his own assessment. That's fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually never read it. Um, I haven't, but I've read like, oh, this is what this is about. And it does not seem like a Ted book, but maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Is it Ayn Rand? Uh, Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think, yeah. Yeah. I've only ever read Anthem and it was bizarre. So I, I mostly stayed away from all of that. It just seemed, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm okay with my fiction, like teaching me things, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I grew up in church. I, I don't, I don't want my fiction to lecture me about things. Yeah. It was a school assignment for me. So I, I think I've, I've blocked out most of the book. I remember, I distinctly remember it being very strange because they always spoke in the form of we, and there is hmm. no first person. It is it's a very it's a very odd book. Anyway, maybe I'll revisit it one day. <laughs> <laughs> With all the the current um, uh, drama surrounding pronouns, that's uh, interesting. So, India. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Sharon like shuts him down, like just off the jump, shuts him down, and Ted has no idea how to react to this. Mhm, mhm. I know, which is really interesting because even though they're not in a session, I've I noticed with her she cannot help but looking at him from like a professional capacity. I, I assume that's got to be kind of like a curse of the job, right? You cannot. It's probably very hard for her to interact with people or like interact with new people without like automatically assessing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she, like, not only did she shut him down, but she very much was like, because she goes, well, this is interesting. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, let me let me take this a little further and see how many issues I can uncover in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> That's how um, I felt. Yeah, I mean, she completely disarms him. He tries to offer her biscuits. Um, and Rebecca's biscuits, no less. Um, Which he still eats anyway. It, yeah, she takes one bite, gets into this whole thing about how she can't eat sugar because she can't control herself. And then it's Ted that does like a little, 
I, I don't therapizing is not a word, but that's <laughs> like therapizing of his own to be like, yeah, I do the same thing with video games. Like rather than adjust my relationship to something that I enjoy, I completely deny myself of it. But um, I feel like that's a very self-help kind of like mantra, though. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not like in a bad way, just like it's. It, it's like trying to reframe the situation. So instead of having an unhealthy relationship with food and denying yourself X, Y, Z, can you reframe the relationship with food so you're not constantly eating junk or something? Like that's like, I don't know. And, and this is the question I ask myself every day, Jess. <laughs> me too. Honestly, me too. <laughs> I, I've because struggles lately. I very much feel like caught in the middle of that very specific conversation of like, I can't like, it's not that I, I eat sugar daily because I can't control myself around sugary treats. Like I just can't. And they're everywhere. But when I do it, when I go like, I'm not, I'm, I've got to stop. I go cold Turkey and I can't take a, I can't take a bite of anything because I will go off the rail. And three days later, much like she says, I, I would love to know what a Cadbury flake is. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Cadbury, but like all we get over here is like the stupid eggs that they pump out for like Easter or whatever. Um, oh yeah. And my husband is like addicted to those things. <laughs> we have like 17 jumbo sized Oh my god! In my house, I mean, not really that many, but <laughs> might be slightly exaggerating. But he does love them, and there's still some up on the counter as we speak. But yeah, I should have googled what a Cadbury flake is. But I was like, man, I bet that's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to keep a, um, maybe I'll see but, if I can find what a Cadbury flake. The Cadbury flake chocolate bars. It's a chocolate bar. Oh, okay. It actually looks very light. Okay. Do they have Cadbury Flake in America? Apparently at Walmart. Uh, Probably shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> I was just at Walmart, man. <laughs> I go down the candy aisle. I feel like I would have seen that. I am, yeah, I'm I'm shocked this has also not materialized itself in my house. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things that you can only get in like the very northeast or something like that. Like down in down here in the south, we're below Pennsylvania, so all our ch- all our chocolate has to come from Hershey's. <laughs> uh, it is okay. I'm not good uh with metric, so this is either an incredibly expensive candy bar or it's a giant candy bar. I think is- it's a big one. The way she said inhale a Cadbury flake, I thought it was like one of those like, um. Not the size of a, like an actual cake, but one of those like big, um, like a good like two inches tall and maybe like five or six inches. It yeah. So I it, it says thirty two grams by eighteen. I I literally don't know what that means. I wonder if they come in packs of eighteen. Like it's that, a like it's a. Like yeah, it it would have to be. I mean, it for twenty five for twenty five bucks. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would have seen those. If I see anything in the candy aisle that I don't recognize, I buy it because I want to try it. 
Yeah. So it, it is listed on my local uh, local Walmart here, but it is out of stock. So oh. I don't know how often it comes into stock. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that's that fun rabbit hole. So so, yeah, Sharon just like like shuts him down. Escorts after like uh, we, I mean I think I mentioned it last week there about when he walks barges into her office and she's like never do that I could have been in a session which she's yeah. right you know yeah. if the door is closed do not open it unless they say come in you know mm-hmm. like that is big no no when dealing with a therapist so oh my gosh I know yeah I was like ooh I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you could walk in on somebody having like a break or, uh, some kind of massive realization and then you just like ruin everything because mm-hmm. then they have to, you know, pretend or whatever. Um, so we, we go from there to Rebecca filling out her, she's filling out a dating profile, <laughs> which is the beginning of Rebecca's new dating life, you know? We yeah. kind of thought we were on something in the first episode, and then in one episode, she breaks up with the dude. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she, what does she ask, Keely? Uh, Can I say if I'm rich? And she yeah. says, only if you don't put filthy in front of it. <laughs> and she presses the backspace key. <laughs> so funny, man. Um, yeah. it, and one thing I really, really enjoyed in this episode, we didn't get to see enough of it in the first one, was because, like, season one was such a, like, adversarial thing with uh, Rebecca and Higgins. Mm. Seeing them be, like, really friendly and chummy and, like, buddy. She calls him Leslie now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's using her... He's she's letting him use her office as a makeshift office, right? Um, which, I mean, who would do that? Like, unless it's like your best friend that you hired just to hang out all the time. Like, no, man, go find somebody else's office. I can't. I'm the boss. <laughs> you can't like be working off of my coffee table, right? I know that's kind of how I felt. I was like. It- it just was the running gag. It's like, where is Higgins going to show up next? <laughs> it It is. It's it's a really, really good gag. And I'm glad it doesn't, like, play out for more than just this episode. Yeah. So, but it does work incredibly well in this episode. Because every time you turn around, Higgins is just trying to... Because, like, when uh, when Ted walks out of Sharon's office, isn't he using... Or is that in the previous episode? That's in the previous episode, isn't it? I think that might be in the yeah. previous episode. But yeah, no, he's he's in several very odd places trying to, you know, find a place for himself. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the season, I don't know, for however long Dr. Sharon stays. So uh, Higgins once again packs his stuff up and leaves. Ted comes in and we get this very fun exchange between Ted and Rebecca Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> about therapy. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that what friends are for? <laughs> Do you have anything you want to talk about? Nope. Do you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, which I will say for most of my life, I felt very, very similar to what they're saying. 
It's like, why do I need to go to therapy? Can I just talk to my friends? And then you realize as you get a lot older that I'm not saying everybody needs therapy, but like your friends definitely get tired of hearing about your shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, I know. Like it, it's kind of like a fine line. Like there, there are certain things that, yeah, like it's probably fine just to like, you know, have, have a good person that like you can go to and talk to about it. But if, if you're starting to like routinely have like deep seated issues, like pop back up, you might want to see a therapist about letting some of that go. It made me think about this scene in Love Actually, which I know is a movie we've talked about at least briefly here before. Yeah. Um, when uh, Liam Neeson's character calls, um, oh God, what's her name? Alan Rickman's wife in the in yes. Love Actually. Emma and Tom. yeah, Emma Thompson. And she's like, it's not she she's she's like kids are running around. She's like trying to make dinner. And of course the, their brother and sister, I think. Um yeah. so it's not exactly the same as friends, but like he's dealing with the death of his wife and having to now raise a kid that that he loves but that isn't his. Mm-hmm. And He's calling to just, like, get a connection to an adult that isn't, you know, that is somebody outside of, like, his wife's family or whatever. And she's like, she says something like, it's not that I'm not terribly, you know, worried about the fact that your wife just died and, you know, that you need to talk to somebody. I'm just really busy right now. And that that's like exactly what it is, because as all my friends grew up and had kids and got married and I don't have any of those things. So like when I talk to them about things, they look at me like, yeah, this is the shit you have to worry about, man. Like <laughs> my kid kept me up all night last night, like or had a meltdown at Walmart because I wouldn't let him like buy whatever or you know any number of things. And it's just like. Did you sleep eight hours? I don't care about your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Have you slept recently? Good for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it, it's a very upsetting thing. What like when like I took it very personally when it started happening, and it was really like a couple of years before I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what's happening now. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the kids don't raise themselves, you know. So no, they sure <laughs> don't. They sure don't. Sometimes I wish they did, but they don't. Um. So Jamie, stalking Keely <laughs> for her entire lunch hour. That's oh uh, that's something that happens in this episode. Uh, he's so adorable when she finds him i know it is it is pretty funny i i do i do like his entire speech how he gets to the point of just saying hi yeah it's <laughs> like you probably actually didn't need to say all of that like you probably shouldn't have said any of that in fact now it was very amusing for the audience but keely's probably like what he could have just stood behind her and pretended indeed <laughs> like oh hey or just, you know, like, walked up and go, oh, hey, Keely, I saw you walking in. Like, what a coincidence. Nope. <laughs> oh, this is your favorite coffee shop, too? 
wow, I had no idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, he, so we find out he wants to come back to the team. And, I mean, Keeley rightly tells him, like, I don't know why you're talking to me about this. Because I have nothing to do with the team. Yeah. Outside of marketing. So, um, <laughs> and then uh, Roy and the, the the girls' soccer team. <laughs> oh my god! One of the one of the highlights uh, for me, for sure. <laughs> uh, when he pulls the trophy out, he's like, "Best dressed, y'all wearing the same fucking thing." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then, did you see the look on the one girl's face that didn't get the trophy? Yes. I was like, that is my daughter. If you don't give her the trophy for best dressed, you are like her mortal enemy. Um, <laughs> Just like, I was like, oh my God. It's, my... it's such a great, I mean, we got a little bit of it in the first episode. Um, and like I, he had talked about this championship game that they were going to play, which they lost. So they get the runner up trophies, um, <laughs> which he very <laughs> casually just throws on the ground. <laughs> Pick your own trophies. They're like, yeah. Um, and gets a little bit of a talking to from uh, this teacher who. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, it's not really a spoiler to say this is not the last we've seen of her. But she's very immediately. I, I think we may have seen her once before. She um, was in the season two. The season two. Was she? Two. Okay. But yeah, in the the one just before. Yeah, she was. Okay. In the last episode, she hadn't been in anything up until that. Um, and I didn't on my the first time through. I definitely didn't clock who she was. I definitely didn't get the call back. The later that comes up later in the season, yeah. Um, but I did now. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And, yeah, well. I guess maybe that's what it is. She stands out more now. Maybe I, and, and first time around, maybe I was dismissive of it, but she definitely does stand out now. Um, yeah, I thought she was. I think one of the moms. I wasn't clocking that she was the teacher on a first watch. It was kind of just like, wait, who is this lady? You know, she you could tell she's in like a supervisory role because I think it glossed over the fact that it was a school team, which I get now. But it's a, because otherwise, why, would she, why else would she be there? So, yeah, it was kind of confusing for me at first. But um, yeah, and uh, what we can I think we'll come back to this probably when she shows up again in an yeah. episode or two. She might even be in the next episode. Um, so Roy heads home, home, maybe, I don't know if him and Keely are living together. Uh, they seem to be at least, uh, shacking up, uh, routinely. Um, well, he did say he would come make her dinner. Yes, that's right. Um, there was that whole, uh, uh, filleting the chicken or something. Makes it more moist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and... I honestly don't know what to talk about about this scene. <laughs> it's very funny, especially Roy's confession of I like watching couples have sex in the woods because I could never be that free. I, I was like, were you 
there's so many good lines. I'm like, how does Brett Goldstein deliver these without rolling on the floor laughing? Like, I just don't get it. It's amazing. Oh, that one absolutely killed me. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to really say about this scene either. I mean, it's a very, it's like, it's something you would, it's it's not something you ever really see in, um, like, a movie or a show when it's dealing with adults. Like, this kind of comedic, like, yeah. walking in on somebody. Like, it's always something you see in, like, a teenage comedy of, like, yeah. a mother walking in on a son or, you know, brother or, or sister or, like, whatever. You've... I, I, mean, I don't know that I've ever seen it played with two adults like this in a comedy of like, you know, walking in on somebody, you know, uh, I don't think, I don't think I have either, but uh, <laughs> it was funny. It was well done. I love how she just chucks her phone. He's like, why'd you throw your phone? I was like, Oh my God. Cause you were a burglar or um, I love how she's so quick and it was someone to steal it. <laughs> And so the thing that, quote, he says gets her going is him uh, giving his uh, retirement speech, which, like, he's like, this is your kink. And, like, I gotta agree with Roy, man. Like, that's kind of a weird one. He's just sitting there crying. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I I would be... I don't know if I'd be offended, but like it's definitely something that I'd be looking at you like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I feel like in that situation, you're definitely expecting one thing, and that is not. Even it. if it was like a highlight reel of him playing football, <laughs> like that's one thing. It's like him sitting in a chair crying into a microphone. <laughs> That's a weird thing to get you going, man. I mean, it kind of is. I, it's, yeah, it's not something, it's definitely not something I would do, that's for sure. (laughs) But it, uh, it was, it was very funny for the whole, for the whole scene. I was like, I, I had to think in the writer's room, they're like, what's the most, like, embarrassing thing that we can think of for for Roy? And that'll be it. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like that was, that was what they were going for. It's funny because, like, I feel like if the situation were reversed, he would not have had the reaction that she had, and she probably would not have had the reaction that he had. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably would have been very confident about it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. And where she would have been, like, more nervous catching him and apologetic, where he was, like... She was more apologetic that she got caught, and he was more just like, ah, so what you doing over there, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's so, it, it, yeah, it's so well played, and she, <laughs> I don't, why would you bring up Jamie in this situation? But she brings up Jamie. <laughs> as you do. The prince prick of all pricks, as Roy calls him. Um, and she, uh, but she brings up the point about how they both miss, like, the sport. Like, it's their passion in life, you know? And, like, coaching, a, as fun as it may be for us to watch him coach a young girl's uh, football team, it's not, like, that's not where your heart is, man. 
No, no. As amusing as it is. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Jamie, he held on to the army man. He did. And that, I do remember that being the thing. Then when he walks into the bar, well, we don't even see his face. We just see the army man go down on the bar. Yeah. That was a, that was the absolute turning point for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I'm, I don't know. I would say I probably was still maybe like a little on the fence, maybe feeling a little sympathetic for Jamie just because of like the situation that he's kind of in. But once that happens, I was like, and this, this, just this, all of these scenes, like this whole conversation, I was just like, that, yes, okay, I can, I get, I can give Jamie a chance now. Um, he he says I named him Ted after Ted Danson, um, which is not the first time that Cheers has come up on this show, <laughs> um, <laughs> and won't be the last either. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a conversation about Jamie coming back to the team. Um, did so when you first watched it, did you think that Ted was going to say yes? I did. Yeah, me too. I did. Like, I was, uh, I was impressed that he said that he said no. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's got such a, uh, like he just wants to give everybody a chance to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, spoilers for the end of the episode, he he does come back to the team, but uh, not in the, you know, not in, in the welcoming way that maybe Jamie wanted. Um, so the, our, our three stooges that are always hanging out at the bar, which uh, this, I won't say anything about this current week's episode, season three's episode, except to say that it heavily involves these three <laughs> and it's so freaking good. Uh, I do, so, I do enjoy them. We get it, we get a taste, a uh, taste of them a little bit later this season. Yeah. Um, so th- they're taking pictures of Jamie, and uh, of course, it goes out on Twitter. The team sees it uh, right before practice the next day, and nobody's happy about it. Uh, very specifically, Sam is not happy about it. Yeah. And we get to see Sam. Like, kind of go off. Yes, which was shocking. The for the you know like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, um, and and so he's storm. He has words with Ted, which there's a really great comedic moment. The, it's such an easy thing to do, but I don't know why it works, but it does. The, where Ted looks over his shoulder and he's like, I feel like she's getting closer every time I look back. But <laughs> then she actually does get closer. Like, it's such a stupid, easy joke to make. But it's so fucking funny. I know, but it works just, like, so well. Even down to, like, the very end when Sam storms off and she's, like, right there by the entrance. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And just, like, she's definitely fucking with Ted. One hundred percent absolutely she is she's trying to get in his head trying to push him see how see how far she can push him so in these two scenes ted sam and uh jamie all bring up their fathers 
mm-hmm. which will be like an ongoing thing for not just the rest of this season, but like going forward, like fathers will be an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, uh, this conversation plays very different in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so the, the, I, I glossed over the Jamie stuff just to get to the Sam thing. Um, Jamie talks about he quit the sh- the team to do the show to piss off his dad. Yeah. And, like, because no matter what he did, it was never good enough. He didn't play enough minutes. He didn't sit on the bench right. He didn't, like, he did nothing right. And he just got tired of it and left. And then Ted talks about how his dad was way harder on himself than he was on Ted um, and, and makes this comparison of like, you know, sometimes that is unfortunately what brings out great things in people is having really harsh parents. I think he uses Bono as an example, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's something like I heard Bono's dad was real piece of work, but then so was Joshua tree. So um, it's the whole like tortured artist thing, you know, yeah. Um, it happens a lot and it happens a lot in comedy. Like there is probably a handful of stand-up comedians that did not have an entirely fucked up childhood in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Like, um, dude, we have to watch Mrs. Maisel after this. I'm serious. Okay. Will <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's about her becoming a uh, stand-up comic, right? It's all about comedy. Yeah. So um, good. Okay. Yeah, right. we'll definitely. It'll become the Mrs. Maisel podcast. Um. Yes. You um, heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Sam brings up his dad. He's like, uh, he he tells Ted, like, you know, my dad is so happy that, like, uh, you're my coach. Like he says, you know, like all these nice things about what you're doing and. You know, he thinks I'm really safe here with you. And, you know, that gets Ted to thinking about, you know, fathers and how, like, yes, sometimes terrible fathers or parents or just people in your life can drive you to do great things. But also, you know, it can just wind up just tearing you down. And, you know, he brings it to the Diamond Dogs to... uh Vote on whether Jamie should have a spot on the team. Uh, and it's uh, one yes and everybody else no. Higgins is the only one that's like yes. Because <laughs> calling back to season one, uh, two, what is it, two, two aces is really tempting. <laughs> because right. they would have him and Danny. Exactly. Um, exactly. So... Uh, there's no decision made, but then we go to, uh, well, we do get some more Nate belittling, belittling Will, which, oh. poor Will, man. Another, like, not really spoiler, there's a Will moment in this latest episode that, like, when you watch it, just text me and just okay. be like, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... So, uh, Roy goes on television to do this pundit thing that Keeley's been pressuring him about. It is a, Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's a two minute scene. 
it might not be a full minute. No, it's, it's probably over a minute. Because um, we get the, the backstage thing. An- yeah. Another great uh, funny moment is what 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 do you do? What does she say? What do you do with your eyelashes? Oh. Is that what the lady asked him? Yes. Leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> and what is what do you usually do with your eyelashes? I leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> I, love, I love Roy. So so many things, good things that he says. Oh, I remembered my favorite quote. Okay, I won't tell you now. You can you can ask me later. <laughs> so because we've um, already talked about the scene. <laughs> One, it's a, it's a such a funny scene. It plays so well. Roy is so great. Um, <laughs> like everything is they played like shit. <laughs> Have some pride in your shirt. Or don't fucking wear it. Um, it's it's such a good scene. We apologize for everything. Kent has <laughs> just said. <laughs> and so, did you catch that the guy sitting next to him was yep. the coach? Okay. Um, it's the first coach that gets fired in the first episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which makes it even better. I know. It's so great. The, what, the one um, thing that I missed was... Which one was the one that sent him flowers? Was it one of the people on the desk with him? Or was it like yes. someone else? It okay. was... It was um, the other guy, not the the lead, the older guy, and not the coach. It was the other guy. Okay, okay. Um, because they they I guess they played in the league at the same time. Um, he's like we hated each other when we played together, and and was how did he know white orchids were my favorite or exactly. something like that? It's so funny. Um, it's a good scene, and, and I I don't how much how much money. They paid to use that song just to have him walk through the hallway for 10 seconds. Oh, it's I know. crazy. Um, know. But it works so well. The Anarchy in the UK song. It, it's it's Roy, man. It's so perfect. I know. I was like, oh, this is like the most perfect song to be playing right now. But I agree. Like how I don't want to know how much it costs them to get the rights for that. Uh, I mean, well, it's Apple. I mean, maybe Apple owns some things, I guess. Maybe they own it. Who knows? Um, One thing that every time I watch this scene, it catches my eye and makes me... Like, I haven't Googled it, but the show is called Soccer Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is. So... I, I'm like, is this a real thing? Do they have a show called Soccer Saturday? Or did they do this because the show is primarily, like, it's definitely a foreign American audience because there's so much things in it that are just geared towards we're stupid and we don't understand the culture, which is true. <laughs> so, oh, no, this is, a, this, is, this is a real thing. So Soccer Saturday is a real thing? Yep, Gillette Lab Soccer Saturday is a weekly television program broadcast on Sky Sports in the UK. Hmm. Original release, 1992 to the present. Wow. So. That's I'm, bizarre. Why do they call it Soccer Saturday when it airs in the in the UK? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I know you can get wild. Sky Sports if you have like a, a, a satellite, but 
you still wouldn't think they they'd gear it towards the American, you know. Uh, yeah, very very strange. So, uh, but okay, there you go. It's a real thing. That is a re- that is a real thing. I mean, I guess for the alliteration, you know, because I mean, football Saturday doesn't sound I, true, and they do it on a Friday. Football Friday, I guess, because they play on Saturdays anyway. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, yeah, very weird. Um, so uh, I skipped over. So, oh, uh, they give uh, they let Nate. Uh, room with uh higgins <laughs> office with uh or higgins room with nate i mean oh, share an office that's did you go well did you catch nate's when they're like we're gonna let you uh share an office with our man nate here did you like it cuts to nate and he gives a very like like what the fuck mm-hmm. kind of look yeah mm-hmm. um, oh yeah no nothing with nate was lost on me this episode shall we say I was, yeah Whoa. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah. So there's a follow up to the Roy Keeley thing, which, you know, I, I will just say Roy had a good time and thanked <laughs> Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good way to put that. Yep. I'll leave it at that. It's a very romantic moment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, we end the episode with, uh, well, before the episode ends, we get that moment with Ted and Dr. Sharon, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, they're both leaving, and she she says, you know, I'll send you, send you and uh, uh, Rebecca my notes in the morning. And he says, let's hear them now. And they have, like, I mean, it's a real, like, connecting moment. It is. So where she kind of is just like, I, I can't keep taking this dude down because like, he's never gonna, it's just going to do more harm to keep like blocking all this stuff. He's throwing all this charm. He throws out at everybody. You know, if you don't, you know, if you just shut it down, he's, he's just going to stop interacting. It's just going to become contentious. Yeah. Um, and we find out that her favorite book is The Prince of Tides, which is about a therapist. So. Oh, I was, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that book. So. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's about a therapist. It's about somebody in, in therapy. And it, there's a book with, I mean, a movie with Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte um, that my mom watched and i so we watched it we were way too young to be watching because it deals with like uh abuse and like it's very trauma based so it's deep deep stuff um but yeah it's interesting that her favorite book is prince of tides like i i don't know how you could i saw the movie once once when i was like 10 and i still remember stuff from it I don't know how you could read that book more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just take the special kind of person, I guess, if you're really into that stuff. I mean, yeah. I, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ryan used to sit around watching like, uh, like cold case files and stuff like that. I mean, you do stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't yeah. do this. <laughs> this is um, way too dark for me. 
Yeah, I I do. I listen to a lot of true crime. I will say I only listen during the day. I, my, <laughs> my cutoff period is about 5 p.m. <laughs> so I uh, I won't I won't listen at night because they they stick with me too much. I I thought it was really sweet that she said you can call me Doc. Yeah, I liked that. I thought I thought that was cute. They they did have like a pretty decent uh a bonding moment there at the end. I I do I do feel like she. Like you said, she let down a little to kind of allow him to like connect with her a bit. So, and, and I think she did that maybe after she figured out that the organization was was in good shape and yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, she does. T- like that is nice. She, like because I guess we're kind of preparing ourselves for like she's going to be like it, it's toxic positivity and like all this, and she's like. Everybody here is very kind to each other. They listen to each other. Like, it's it's very nice. Like, everybody here is nice. And Ted's like, so it's a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation. And she quickly points out, do you call winless with eight straight draws ain't broke? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, something's got to change, which probably tips the scale for what happens the next day. <laughs> 100% it does. Absolutely it does. Oh, man, this. Is this the final scene that we're about to talk about? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's such a good scene. It's, it, there's a wonderful callback that we didn't really even talk about Ted and Rebecca talking about Sharon. <laughs> and like, what is Rebecca calls her something when she finds out she doesn't eat sugar. What an asshole or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like it's yes. so funny. I know. Um, so Sh- Dr. Sharon comes in to thank Rebecca <laughs> for the gift basket of bottled water. Which I love. Keely looks at her and she's like, well, she doesn't eat sugar. <laughs> Keely's <laughs> like, there's so many things that don't have sugar. <laughs> I know, it made me laugh so And you just sit her a basket of bottled water. Um, and so the, and they all, like, Higgins is at the window um distracted uh <laughs> and and this is it's a scene the, the way they set up the scene doesn't really work if you think about it too well because like higgins would have had to known that he was walking out to just be standing there looking at it but it does work yeah. in the, the for the like drama of it and we get that uh that queen song that kicks in which again it's like 30 seconds of great queen music how much money did you spend to have jamie just walk out in the snow and cold and everybody just staring at him while the music played and ted just like uh sam looks at ted and ted has this like not fearful look on his face but just like well i I hope this works (laughs) Kind of, yeah. It was kind of, it was like strained, like optimism almost. You know what I mean? Because Ted is always so like optimistic and positive, but like you could see this like strain there of, wow, I really hope this was the right call. <laughs> so something happens right before the end that mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever noticed before until I just rewatched it this past week a few times. There's a close-in of Keely looking a little worried, and Rebecca looks down at her and smiles. Indeed. What do you think that's about? Because, like, spoilers, that has not really played out. 
like whatever that might have been has not played out. I don't know. But so, you see it too, though. Yes. Okay. So breaking down Kiwi, she's got kind of, I wouldn't call it a smirk, but like a hint of a smile, like she's happy with the way things turned out with Jamie being back. And Rebecca almost gives her a knowing, approving, not like not nod, but like smile and look and almost to say like, I don't know. At this point in time, I took it as I see what you did. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. But really, I mean, Keely did not have much to do with any of it other than saying you need to go talk to Ted, not to me. I know, which is why I, because I noticed it too, and it baffled me a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, what was that about? So maybe there's something that happens next episode that we're just not remembering. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, unless something happens that I just, I just am not remembering because it's like a little thing. Um, But I clocked that too, and I actually didn't really know what it meant (laughs) i was like we've already had the keely backslide to jamie like that happened in season one yeah before her and roy got serious so exactly um yeah it uh yeah i'm gonna keep that in the back of my mind for the rest of the season because either it was just a moment that they captured or maybe they thought about going one direction and had to pivot into another one. Um, so, yeah, I, Jamie back on the team. Like, I remember watching this and being like, kind of excited. Like, yeah, like I they might like, actually win. <laughs> yeah, I like the happy everybody's getting along thing, but like, a little bit of drama is fun for the the team side of it. You know, somebody to like kick their asses into gear because Roy isn't there anymore. So, um, and even though Isaac is kind of Roy-ish, he does not have the, like, get-in-your-face stuff like Roy has. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, such a, like, just a chock-full episode, man. And I don't think it's even 40 minutes long. No, uh, I think it was like 35, 34, something like that. It was short. Uh, funny moments before we get any future spoilers. I, I <laughs> Mine is 100%. Like, did you sleep here? Perchance to dream here? Like that <laughs> and leave them the fuck alone is so freaking good. But you said you had a favorite. I did. I mean, honestly, anything with Roy, but um, the standout (laughs) was when he's downstairs, he had just walked back into Keely's place, he was going to make dinner, and he's talking to her as if, like, (laughs) he can listen, and then he just goes, fucking brain department. (laughs) Because nine-year-olds can't do fucking headers. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's so funny, because he's just talking to nobody. (laughs) I know. Fucking then, uh, brain development. I know, and it's at that point he kind of notices that yeah. no one's answering him, and he's they starts looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like it's a very quick moment, and it's not like 
roll around on the floor laughing, but that whole build up with the like uh the lavender thing when Ted walks in and he goes, <laughs> Why does it smell like my nana's house in here? Like that's it made me made me chuckle. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Nate going over the top, he's like, Will you get a load of this shit? And I was like, Whoa. That is very intense for fucking fabric softener, dude. Come yeah. On. So, so yeah, spoilers for future episodes, end of the season, possible season three stuff. The Nate things, especially in this episode, like, they're really, when you know what's coming, when you know he's going to make that kind of turn, uh, like, they hit so damn hard. Like, it's ki- it was kind of funny when you first watched it, but, like, yeah. when you know like the asshole turn that he takes at the end. Like, it's like, damn dude, like calm the fuck down, man. Yeah, I know. Like, and it would, I did not remember it probably because, you know, I didn't know what was coming, but like, I didn't like think that this was such a quick turn, but it is, I mean, right out. I mean, it started, they started it right out the gate with, with season two. Did we get a hint of it at the end of season one or was it all in the premiere? I mean, uh, like, I guess you could say his, his locker room speech is kind of a, like, I'm, this is me fighting back or standing up to people that have bullied me and like kind of giving them their own. But like, it's, it's, what's funny is in the moment, it's very easy to read all the Nate stuff. That's not him being like super timid or unsure or whatever. It's easy to read it as like something other than, oh, this is a uh, like a uh, like foretelling that like if you give this dude some power, he will become an asshole. Yeah, well, I mean, like a classic. I mean, the. The bully, the bull, the person who's being bullied becomes the the bully. Right. I mean, it's is wild. That I mean, and I, I just like the things like with when he like gets onto Will. Like I remember them feeling out of place when I first watched, but when you when I on a rewatch, I'm like, holy shit! Like he is. I mean, he's he's enacting exactly what happened to him, like on Will, and it's mm-hmm. just. He's totally turned the tables and he's just being vindictive to be vindictive. Like he is not embracing his uh any good inner qualities that he may may yeah. or may not still have, which we don't really see any of until season three. Which is so weird because the people that gave him the well, except for maybe Rebecca, it's easy to see her in a light similar to that, especially in season one. But like Ted's not like that. Beard is uh, abrasive, but he's not, like, that kind of abrasive. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not trying to, like, tear people down just for the sake of it. And it it felt, you know, like, I mean, the whole thing with Will and Nate, he's like, you gotta stay on him, you gotta put him in, you you gotta put him in his place, you you know, you can't. He's like, why did you add fabric softener? It's gonna, it's gonna mess with their headspace. Don't change stuff, you know, it'll mess with the players. And I'm like... It's like you get a <laughs> the pineapple in the water. It's like Jesus Christ, is there pineapple in this? Yeah, <laughs> and Ted's Ted like, Ooh, nice. like, this is it's great. <laughs> yeah, and he just kind of like flies off the handle, and some, and even like Ted is clocking it because you can tell he's yeah. like, I, I forget exactly the way he words it, but he acknowledges that Nate is having very strong 
the actions. Yeah. Um, the There's a couple of other things that I wanted to bring up, but since you haven't watched this week's episode, we if you get a chance to watch it before next week, um, uh, we can talk about it then. But the okay. one thing I did want to bring up is, uh, which it's weird, but like also just as a, like a kudos to them, plant like we've seen Dubai Air on the jerseys, but like planting the Dubai Air storyline, like if yeah. you are if you're listening, like that's the thing that Rebecca and Higgins are talking about. Mm-hmm. Like their sponsorship with Dubai Air. And like it's just a little moment that turns into this giant fucking thing at the end of the season. Yep. So and and honestly, until that Originally when I was watching it Until the Dubai Air thing becomes big I never even paid attention To what was on their jerseys Oh really? As yeah. I, knew, I knew it was on their jersey But I'm also accustomed to Watching soccer Football, whatever And I mean it's it's an odd thing It's something that they do in, in football That they don't do in Many other sports where the sponsor Is the main logo The main thing on your jersey yep. NASCAR is probably the only American quote. I, I don't. I won't say quote sport because I will just say sport in case anybody <laughs> that likes NASCAR listens. And like, yes, I could not do that. So sure, it is a sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you know what I mean. Like, I mean, it's it's not like that in, especially nope. not not here in the states. It's not like that with with anything else. So. Yeah, I but I because I'm like used to seeing that I I I do kind of like clock that I I notice like who the sponsor is you know because it's the most prominent thing on the on the jersey, um and so yeah I I definitely had had noticed Dubai Air also I mean I have, I have a lot of friends that work in the aviation industry so it stood out to me. <laughs> is Dubai For, Air a real thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Dubai Air is a real airline. Oh, okay, so. Huh, I wonder how they felt about the takedown. I wonder if that stemmed from, like, real-world politics. Oh, maybe it's not called Dubai Air. I think it is probably a um, Dubai Air real company. No, okay, it's a fictional airline. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So I'm probably confusing it with, like... Let's see, Emirates fly better. I mean, there's there's definitely there's a middle, lot of middle, airlines. There's, <laughs> there's there's a lot of airlines, but there's a few like Middle Eastern airlines. I probably just assumed that Dubai Air was a legit thing. In America, we think there are like four, <laughs> and then if you go overseas and look at flights there, it's like, oh shit, no, <laughs> there's all there's... these international things too. It's not just Delta and Southwest. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been a dig at either the Emirates airline or there's, I mean, there's a couple other things. Dubai Royal Air Wing. I'm not sure what that is. I think that is like a government thing. Um, there's an air show in Dubai. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a, okay, so my bad. Sorry. Not a real yeah. airline. I'm probably confusing it with Emirates airline. Um, Just them planting those seeds like so early on. Because it doesn't, like, really pay out until, like, what, the last two or three, three, four episodes of the season? I binged um, this season. Ah. Uh, and so my timeline is very messed up. 
<laughs> as in I don't remember exactly like I remember things happening but uh, I, so much happens in this season it is so full like because you so much you think about it you're like oh shit Sam and Rebecca haven't even dated fuck her her dad's still alive right now right um that's the <laughs> like, finale <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> Isn't that the finale? Uh, or is that close to? It's no, close it's not to quite. the finale. Uh, the finale okay. is the the match, and we get that fucking like locker room scene that's like yes. fuck yes. Oh my gosh, yes, that I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, but yeah, it, it's such a great freaking episode, man. It, and it, I will say it's weird watching like rewatching this and seeing how much is in this episode and then thinking about i haven't like really really rewatched a lot of season three but like those first like three or four episodes of season three it's like are you guys just like walking to the finish line <laughs> what's going on <laughs> like nothing is happening I know. Yeah, it was it was a little slow. Uh and then it and then it it does it does get it does get really good. Um oh, I'm so excited for you to watch this week's episode. It has some of the funniest moments for uh so like it there's even a funny uh Nate moment in this week's episode. Oh wow. Yeah, a lot so, of people have been wanting to talk to me about it and like I haven't been I haven't had time yeah. to watch it this week. You can't talk to me about this week. Oh yeah, talk absolutely. Talk to me about Amsterdam fine, but zero spoil just like there's so many good character moments in it that like I this is the one the one episode that I really 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 want to rewatch and I'm so far behind on every other show because I found this <laughs> show called Mrs. Davis on Peacock. I don't know if you've heard anybody talk about it, but it's Damon Lindelof, who oh. was a lost guy and uh, what was yeah. the HP at the Leftovers? Um, yeah. It is the smartest, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I cannot tell, like, I, I, I don't want to get off too big of a tangent and. It might not be a show you ever get want to watch, but in case you do, I won't tell you any plot details. But the third episode, I have watched three times. The plot of the episode, like the main plot, is completely different from what the setting of the episode is. It starts with the, the main characters. They're trying to chase somebody down. They have to go to England. And they're like, uh, their informant is like, so it turns out this guy's going to this thing called, I forget what he calls it, but it sounds like a Renaissance festival. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is going to be insane. Because the show's been insane up to season, up to episode three. So it, it's not a Renaissance festival. Because the guy's like, everybody dresses up like it's King Arthur days. It's literally, there's a giant Excalibur sword, like giant size, <laughs> sticking out of the ground. And the the thing of the episode is that you know those where you got to like put your hand on the truck and leave it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's that. It's all these people rush to the sword, put their hand on the truck, and whoever's left standing is the victor for this like weird ass tournament. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> it's insane. It's so stupid. But, like, everything else that's going on is, like, it, it's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can't get anybody else I know to watch the show. Um, I, but, like, I, this like, this sounds terrible. I don't want to say it like this. But, like, th- it's things like this where I'm, like, this is when I really, really, really miss my brother. Uh-huh. Because I could be, like, Ryan... <laughs> Watch this show. Watch the first episode. Call me back because we've got to talk about this. This I, I don't know if this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen or the smartest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> because you know, it's, it's, it's insane. Funny. Yeah, it's funny how often those uh, those coincide <laughs> or walk off my mind, I guess. That's hilarious. Well, it, you know, all of my spare time. Pre- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll be on like season eight and you'll be like, hey, I watched that Mrs. Davis show. I'm like, yeah, right. It's fucking insane. (laughs) Um, um, Oh, I didn't want to tell you. I I meant to text it to you. But since we're talking, I'll tell you Um, not not to. uh, What does he call Jamie? A poop in the punch bowl? Not to be a poop in the punch bowl. But um, uh, your show with Adam Scott. is, Yeah. Did you see the news? I saw some not great news. Did they yeah. cancel it? No, but like, did you read it? The, oh, the, the yeah. two people show run, like they yeah. fucking hate each other. Mm-hmm. Oh and my the, God. And dude walked away. Yeah. 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 I know. I was like, please don't cancel the show. Please don't cancel the show. The show is I mean, so that was... good, but it also sounds really <laughs> damn expensive. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Apparently the, the, that's the other thing is that Apple's just like, uh, guys, <laughs> Like, we gave you more money for season two, but uh, you're going way over budget here. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's a wild show. It is really good. It is really heavy. (laughs) It's not a light, not a light show. That's why I haven't. Every time I sit down, I'm going to watch it. Like, there's just, I'm worried, like, my mood is just. Like I'm not in the right, right headspace for it. So, but I'll get there soon, especially uh, like hearing all this. I'm just like, oh yeah, I really got to catch up on this show. But yeah, I was so like, (laughs) I mean, Ben Stiller stepped in and was like, like, hey man, you got like, you can't, we can't do this. Like, you know, you gotta, oh, that's rough to hear, man. I know. It also sounded like, I mean, at the very tail end of the article, they did say that they, they had some other like veteran dude kind of coming in to yeah. quietly run things slash take things over. I mean, the end of the article made it. That's why I asked you. I was like, wait, did they cancel it? <laughs> because no. the end of the article made it sound hopeful that there were more seasons to come if maybe they could get their budget a little bit under control. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just I. It's very, it's upsetting to hear stuff like that, especially when you hear about how, like, people talk about how great it is. But, like, that kind of happened with community, too. I don't know if you were a community person, but uh, Dan, yeah, Dan Harmon was just, like, he's not, like, there's there's the people that, like, work with him and go, oh, I love Dan. And the people that work with him and go, that guy's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Hollywood. Um. Um, but anyway, yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll all work. I think they've, 
unless they can write it off the way like HBO has done, I don't think there's no way they don't finish the season because I'm sure everybody had to be already paid. So like yeah, they've got that much money. Cliffhanger too. Okay. So um yeah, I'll definitely be caught up before season two since it's uh now delayed by you know I mean it, <laughs> yeah, it probably at, at the rate they were filming, it probably wasn't gonna come out till towards the end of the year at least. But yeah, now it might be like early next year before uh we see an episode from season two because They've got to get back on track and, you know, hopefully those contracts are good, like not indefinitely, but like, you know, sometimes those those contracts are like only good for like the set six, eight, 10, 12 weeks of filming. And then like you have to let them go or pay them more money. Yeah. So, um, yeah I don't know what kind of contracts they negotiate with that sort of stuff. Oh. But anyway, so uh, we'll be back next week talking about uh, Ted Lasso season two, episode three, probably some season three spoilers. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God, this episode, so this last episode, so good. But uh, anyway, go check out everything else uh, we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, uh, including uh, the main podcast, which we're wrapping up our discussion of The Mandalorian tonight. The finale, which uh, I, I don't know if you caught up on it, it seems to be very divisive. <laughs> really? I <laughs> yeah, haven't watched this, a single episode yet. This whole season seems to have been very just like some people are just like, yeah, no, it was great. And some people are like, this is not Star Wars. This is crap. I'm oh, like, dear. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> I mostly enjoyed it. So, you know, there were some episodes where I was just like, we wasted an episode on this we only get eight a, a season yeah. but you know um and then if you're watching the uh cw shows like the flash uh-huh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, uh superman and lois which is very good but quite emotional right now i'm still two episodes behind so it is it is very emotional, but if you're into that, you can uh, check out tomorrow's legends where we're covering uh, both of those things. So. Um, I think the dog barking means I have to go because she wants to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week.